Rising is cultivating community through conversations. We are integrating innovative ideas, relationships, and connections while raising creativity and collaboration. Hello and welcome to Common Roots Rising. Today we're talking with Trevor Rourke from Curbwise. Trevor, can you tell me what is Curbwise? Sure. Thanks, Mark. And I'm definitely excited to be on your podcast. Uh, so Curbwise is a new bicycle-powered delivery service in the Stevens Point area. So um, we basically deliver A to B, so from a shop or a storefront or a grocer to their customers, um, or even B to B, which is potentially part of the future, uh, from a hub to a storefront, for example. Well, how did you decide to start this bicycle delivery business? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. It was very opportune. Um, so rewind a little bit back to last year. And of course, COVID-19 is in full effect in the summer of 2020. And uh, I ended up uh, getting my position cut at the university. So I had a uh, travel manager uh, position. And of course, as most of us know, travel is still hurting quite a bit. And um, so my position ended up getting cut in July. Um, and at the same time, I was, um, you know, actually just before that, kind of reading the writing on the wall that, uh, you know, this isn't going to, this isn't going to last. So um, I had seen this uh, tricycle food cart on the Wisconsin Surplus and, um, and I knew uh, at the university they were selling it. So um, combine that with my position getting cut, along with the years of wondering why delivery services had been still using combustion engines for little old Stevens Point, which is very flat. Uh, you can access just about anything between one to two miles of the center of the city. And I thought, well, you know, this is an opportunity for me to start a new business and uh, provide some solutions for our community. Um, I've also been very passionate about climate change mitigation, um, in part by being a pretty big bicycle advocate here in Stevens Point. Um, so I've, uh, yeah, been very active in trying to reduce my carbon footprint, our families, and then the communities as well. Uh, great. So you're telling me your your bike actually was um, a surplus bike from Stevens Point University? Yeah. So uh, it was a tricycle uh, food cart, again, uh, being used at the CPS Cafe. So there's a, a small cafe that dietetic students um, use to learn how to prep food, learn how to cook uh, recipes, customer service, all that, in the uh, College of Professional Studies um, at the time, and uh, they actually weren't using it very, very much. And so I know the folks there and, and the fact that it was getting sold, and the, the timing was very good. Yeah, I, I've, I'm familiar with the Wisconsin Surplus site. Uh, yeah. There's some interesting things that are available <laughs> uh, when, you, when you get on the internet and you're like, oh, 
what could I do with that? And, and you didn't have to go very far, obviously. So what an opportunity. Um, so can you describe your bike? Um, we're, we're in audio form here. So um, I understand it's a tricycle. Um, mm-hmm. what, what does it look like and what is it like to ride the bike? Sure, sure. Um, so again, they call it a tricycle food cart and it was actually made in Portland, Oregon. Um, so USA made and they specialize in these very specific tricycle food carts. Um, they do have a small variety that they build, uh, anything from like a um, coffee, you know, dispense dispensary type of food cart, or like mine, which is kind of like an ice cream style, where you can sell ice cream cones or uh, sticks or whatever it might be, popsicles right out of the cart. There's a little latch on top. Um, they also make like a brewery style where you can serve beer direct from the food cart. Um, so it's a kind of a unique uh, build of tricycles. So for mine, it's actually a, a big box um, right on the front. And so there's two wheels in the front of the cart, um, which is kind of atypical. And I think that's part of the, the novelty of it that people see when it's riding on the, on the roadway. And then um, I actually had a friend of mine, um, uh, Don Baumgartner, he retrofitted a cooler on the back uh, rack so there's a rack on the the back of the tricycle and he retrofitted this uh, igloo cooler that I had purchased uh, specifically with uh, adding volume in mind so that I could deliver more goods and uh, yeah it works out really well as far as rideability uh, it's very smooth comfortable I don't ride fast anyway so if I was a fast rider, um, you know, say I'm a cyclist on rural roads going from city to city, I probably wouldn't be using this tricycle. <laughs> so um, really, it's mostly for in-town uh, distribution. But yeah, it's a lot of fun to ride. So with um, the extra cooler on the back, and the, and and I guess there's a big cooler on the front, from what I understand. Yep. How how much how much can you haul? Yeah, so currently, um, I estimate it's probably somewhere between, you know, my average delivery is, you know, probably averaging 8 to 10 pounds, so not that much. But um, I have reached anywhere from 20 to 30 pounds pretty easily, and I think this uh, configuration could probably um, carry, I would say, up to 100, maybe 120 pounds. Um, for, you know, the volume of the front box as well as the, the cooler in the back. But um, I actually ended up building a trailer, a cargo trailer to expand the capacity that I, of what I can carry. So it's not just the tricycle uh, that's part of my operation. It's also this cargo trailer. Oh, great. Okay. Um so yeah, that'll that'll expand um, a lot of, of of what you'll be able to carry. I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing seeing that. I haven't seen that yet on on your website. So, <laughs> um, yep, I've only used it currently for a backup plan. Uh, I had my uh, chain break on my tricycle at a inopportune moment, and I decided, okay, uh, I'm in between deliveries. I need to act fast. 
and I ended up using my trailer as a backup to carry the load. Yeah, so it's good to know even if the chain breaks, you have a backup plan. So your delivery, because I mean, really, you're having a delivery service. People are depending on you for delivering in a timely matter manner mm-hmm. when they want. So can you tell me what is your delivery area? How far do you go in Stevens Point area? Sure. Um, it kind of depends on the business, uh, the partner that I'm working with. But uh, generally speaking, it's up to about five or six miles one way from the downtown. Um, So the coverage, and for those that may not be familiar with Stevens Point area as much, just about dips into Plover uh, to the south from here and to the west over past um, the Pod School um, and then to the north. Uh, definitely way past Century, closer to closer to Kashmir Road to the north, and then to the east, uh, a little bit past the interstate, um, as well as to the northeast, uh, more towards the Rothschild area. Not going that far, but uh, about a little bit past the airport for people that know where that is. Well, I mean, that sounds like the greater metro area of Stevens Point. <laughs> You're pretty much covering right. Yeah, wow. it's it's a lot of coverage, and one of the reasons I said that it depends on the partner is because you know certain products are much heavier than others. So if I am you know carrying some loads that are heavy, uh, I won't be able to cover that five to six mile radius per se, right? In uh, you know for doing five of those deliveries, that's going to take a long time. That's going to be difficult, um, but for shorter, you know, routes, shorter deliveries, the heavier loads are just fine. So, no, I was reading a little bit on your website, and it sounds like, you know, if I'm just a person in my house saying, you know, I want dinner tonight, I'm not going to call you up and get delivery. But if you work with a business that I'm interested in ordering from, then I'm going to possibly get a delivery from you. Is that right? Is that how your model works? Yeah, yeah. It really depends on which partners I'm working with. Um, So the current phase of my business plan, which is what I'm essentially operating on now, uh, relies on these partners that are more of the stable goods partners. So they have products that are in packaging, whether it's glass or plastic or paper bags or or whatever, that's a little bit more stable. you know, it's not currently uh, going to work for my operation to deliver restaurant food. You know, that's hot and made to order or even hot drinks. Uh, however, the next phase of my business will be including that. Um, oh, so there's, okay. yeah, there's some logistical considerations I have to make um, with my my operation and the equipment I'm using as well to make that reality. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. So, so I, I believe um, you started your first partnership with the Stevens Point Co-op. Is that correct? Can you tell me That's about right. how that unfolded and how you did? Did you say, oh, I found this tricycle on Wisconsin surplus. <laughs> um, do you guys need somebody to deliver some stuff? Or how did that come about with the, with the, co- uh, the Stevens Point Co-op? 
Sure, sure. Um, it wasn't that random, I'll say that. It was, uh, I think, more of a, a work in progress. Um, I know a whole bunch of people uh, that work at the co-op and have worked at the co-op, um, including uh, Melissa, who we had talked about earlier, and Lynn. And, um, you know, they have a very similar mindset, like, um, you know, this is a, a real consideration for delivery uh, via bicycle because they're both avid uh, bicyclists as well. And they, they get it. You know, they understand that this is um, something that's not that difficult to do in Stevens Point. Um, but through relationships with them, as well as others at the co-op, um, I think slowly over conversations, um, I ended up proposing it um, to Lynn, and Lynn was working with me directly uh, last summer to basically develop this proposal. And, you know, we ran it through their uh, governance, their board, and everyone seemed to be on board. Um, so it definitely wasn't random, but, uh, yeah, it took, uh, I think, over probably the course of a couple years of conversations. And then uh, when reality hit for me in my career, and uh, this tricycle almost landed in my lap. I mean, it wasn't very cheap. <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. cost quite a bit of money. Um, it, kind of the stars aligned for it to happen. Okay. So um, you've actually been working on the thought process of the idea of bicycle delivery long before you got your your delivery trike then. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think I may have mentioned to you before uh, we started our podcast, but really I've been wondering why delivery services or transportation services in Stevens Point specifically, why they didn't just bring their goods to a hub in the center of the city or, you know, close by, and then run some of those routes with people and bicycles. Um, Again, it's really flat here. It's not that difficult. I understand how uh, people kind of shrug or don't understand or freak out about the weather. Um, But what I like to say is there's no bad weather. There's just bad gear. Because really, it's, it's, you know, if we're talking cold, it's about layering. And, uh, you know, 80 to 90% of the time I'm sweating. Uh, Even on those below zero days, I'm actually sweating under there, uh, under the layers. And, you know, when it comes to snow, no problem. Um, I even did some deliveries in a snow emergency a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. (laughs) So it's it's very possible. It's a realistic solution, um, especially to cutting costs. You know, and I've thought about the operations that the Postal Service does or um, some of the big, you know, providers, UPS, FedEx, Busy Bee, etc. You know, they're... They're running these big trucks. I know the, the U, USPS, Postal Service, they have smaller trucks, which is nice. But they're still running them uh, all the time. Right. And some of them don't even um, shut off their engines. And so it's like, I, you know, that can't be cost effective, um, especially when we're talking about a small um, delivery range within the hub, right? Right. And, and so then COVID hits and... I understand you you lose your travel job, and then there's all this, you know, people are supposed to stay home, and we're not supposed to, 
We're not supposed to be going to uh, these stores and running errands. We're supposed so the opportunity pops up to say, well, hey, I can I can provide a service to the community, right? I mean, it's kind of a kind of a COVID opportunity as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, when I, you know, had already been experiencing you know, with my family and neighbors and pretty much any day you turn on the news that um, contactless services or contactless delivery was essential now. It just rose to the top of the list, right? Um, you know, it, it directly fit into the business model of what I was doing. Um, so for me, it's not very difficult to provide contactless delivery. It's simple. Um, and I even build the relationships with the customers uh, through those partners to figure out what their preferences are. And, um, you know, some people don't want to see me, which is totally fine. They want fully contactless and I can end up leaving a package on the steps or their porch or, you know, behind a flower pot near the garage kind of thing. It just depends on, on what they want. I, I know for myself, um, staying home during COVID when, when that started in the spring, I started realizing how much I really didn't like some of the shopping that I was doing anyway. Um, you know, I appreciate going and looking, you know, in, in, in the, a little bit, but just the, the basic here. And so, so I would think that some people in the Stevens Point area have realized, oh, maybe I don't have to go out and Trevor can just bring me stuff. <laughs> right. Has that, have you had comments about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, some people, you know, they might not have used those words, but they've definitely implied, right? Uh saying things like, oh, this is so convenient still, but yet, you know, environmentally friendly, um, or I really love what you're doing because they didn't have a delivery service before, and now they do. Um, and some people, uh, you know, probably half of my deliveries right now are people I know, right? Friends or relatives or, uh, you know, acquaintances I've met over the years. And so, um, you know, it's really easy for them to pick up on this and say, you know, let's give this a try and see how it goes. As far as um, how um, people pay for this delivery service, is, this is, is this part of the ordering process with the business that, they were, that you were working with? Yeah, so each time I set up a partnership with a new business I'm working with, I uh, prefer that they use the same, basically, their same point of sale that they had been before. So let's say, you know, a customer, Susan calls up at, uh, you know, the grocery store or the shop downtown, and they purchase some sort of item, and uh, that, you know, shop ends up, or that store ends up charging them the extra delivery fee on top of that. So it's a direct charge to the customer, um, but any time that's happening, the customer already knows what they're getting. Um, and that's me, me on a tricycle uh, with a smile under a mask. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I prefer when I work with a partner that it works right through them. It, that typically simplifies it too, so they don't have to pay 
you know, um, a delivery service um, for their product and for delivery. And I think that's actually one of the, the pain points that restaurants and cafes are seeing with these other big national players. Um, I've talked to a few before I even started uh, this operation, and it seems like there's a number of pain points that uh, the big uh, delivery apps are having with them, and it just doesn't seem to work as well as what I think it could work, right? So I, I've kind of addressed those solutions in, in this delivery service. And that's coming for the future with the restaurants. These are looking at doing that. There's other delivery services, I suppose. There's this short-term, these that are non-food delivery services that maybe aren't going to consumers um, that I'm not even aware of, I, that I wasn't even thinking of. But um, there's, I, I guess you're addressing the pain points of making it simpler or, or more localized to the Stevens Point, for example. Right. So those delivery apps, um, without naming names, they um, typically deliver the restaurant, the made-to-order foods, but also um, there are some grocery store delivery apps. Right? Oh, right. Sure. Um, so so it is, it's a combination. Now, I haven't really, again, stepped into that made-to-order market yet because that's kind of the next phase of my delivery service. But I really am addressing the pain points early, if you if you will, in, in my initial startup of this business. Um, so what I come back to every time in talking to people about my operation is it really does come down to relationships. So I want to build relationships with the partner as well as the customers that they're serving. Um, so if I have a strong relationship with those folks, um, you know, they can address any concerns with me directly. Um, we can troubleshoot if needed. I can address their preferences really easily. Um, and when it comes down to those national apps, it, it's a lot harder to do personal services like that. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, because they're not, they're not really s- serving the local economy with the local relationships and the, the uh, you know the the local activity and the local money circulation is is disappearing out out, out yep. of the community so um so you're you're that's something that you're addressing exactly um that that was one of the points i was eventually going to make but you hit it on the head i mean local economy is basically my operation and serving specifically local businesses is, you know, my modus operandi. So really, if you keep that money local, there's so many more benefits to the service and the partnership itself. Right. And then um, you can work on maybe customizing the relationship with the, with the business that you're, you're working with as well, depending on their needs. So can you yep. tell me about some of your the partners that you're working with for, for some of the people that might be listening and saying, well, okay, who, where do I need to shop in Stevens Point so I can have Trevor deliver me my goods? <laughs> sure. Um, well, you we mentioned one before. That was the, the first partnership I had, and that's the Stevens Point area co-op and okay. so I deliver groceries for them every Monday. Um, I also early on started a partnership with Farm Shed and that's uh, short for Central Rivers Farm Shed. 
Right. So for Farm Shed, um, I actually deliver their frozen assets. So it's a, a monthly or semi-monthly delivery of frozen vegetables from local farms. A really okay. cool program. Uh, very similar to a CSA share, but kind of a unique uh, niche. Um, when that was uh, kicked off in November for me in my delivery service, um, they also brought me on board with their new soup program uh, called Buy a Quart, Donate a Meal. Really cool, unique program as well, using lots of local ingredients, making uh, fresh soups every single week, a, a unique recipe each week. And uh, I've been delivering quarts of soup around Stevens Point uh, area. And that's been really neat as well. But I will admit, the soups, I do have to bike a little bit slower <laughs> oh. for those. Yep. So they don't uh, spill? Exactly, exactly. I mean, they're sealed tight and um, sealed well. But, um, you know, when you're dodging potholes on a bicycle, it's not the t same type of suspension system as an automobile. Right. So yeah. the, soup, the soup program and uh, the, the vegetable program with Farm Shed, is that a, a regular weekly thing? Or do people just put their order and say, I need some tomorrow? Or how does that work? Yeah. So the frozen assets actually is going to be, uh, that program is going to be ending, I think, in March. But um, it started in November, and it's going to, you know, the program's going to start again, renew again next uh, season, so next November. So it's really a winter season type of program, and essentially allows people to throw, you know, freshly prepared vegetables that are already pre-frozen into their freezer right away when they get them, and they just pull them out whenever they want to make whatever it is they're going to make. It's really neat. Okay. Uh, but the soup program is a little different. It's every single week and it's going to be i think running through march uh, i'm not exactly sure on which date it ends but it is weekly so um uh, yeah there's different recipes so, every single week yeah so to participate in this just um go on the farm shed website and find the information and then uh at the same day each week you can get a soup delivered by curbwise is that correct exactly Yep. Okay. Yep. All so right. yeah, we deliver on on Wednesdays, and they take orders all week online and via phone until uh, Monday night at seven. Oh. Okay. Uh, but the yeah, the other partners I'm working with currently include Meet the Herb Halfway, and that's a, a wellness product uh, business here in Stevens Point. And I met uh, Catherine, oh boy, back in I think it was October or November. Um, and she's got this uh, side business called Meet the Herb Halfway, uh, which is really cool. It has a lot to do with um, uh, realizing a, a healthy, um, you know, unity with your body. Um, she had uh, some serious health issues, and she had addressed them through natural and organic products, and she wanted to really share that with the world. Sure. So she started this... Uh, cool company called Meet the Herb Halfway. Um, and then I formed a partnership with Zest Bakery and Coffee House uh, right next to campus. And so anytime people want baked goods delivered, um, I'm available to do that every week. Okay, yeah. so that's a weekly? It is, Make yep. your order ahead and, yep. okay. Yeah, so if people want to order a certain 
you know, dozen or so cookies or, uh, you know, cupcakes or other baked goods, um, you know, Zest can crank it out and I can, I can crank, crank it out on the road each week. If, and does uh, that want to order. Does that happen on a particular day each week? Uh, f- yeah, for Zest, I'm able to deliver Mondays, Wednesday, Wednesdays, and Thursday afternoons. So get a, connect with Zest, get your order in, and you can get it delivered by Trevor. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And who else so, are you working with? Yeah, so um, I'm also working with Liberation Farmers. So I, I've known uh, John and Holly, the farmers there for a while. And, um, you know, I think we share pretty similar values in uh, things like environmental friendliness and um, local food movements and sustainable um, agriculture. Their their farm is pretty incredible, and they focus on permaculture, uh, a permaculture operation with uh, animals as well. Um, it's really cool what they've uh, put together on their land. Um, and so I, I, I deliver CSA shares, um, actually started in January for them, um, because they do, uh, coffee roasting, Liberation Farms do coffee roasting. Mm -hmm. They also do egg and meat shares. Um, so they have a few different options. Um, and I think they're going to have even additional types of products when the, you know, the real farming season kicks in with vegetables. Yeah, so instead of the traditional CSA where maybe there's a place in town, or either you go out to the farm or there's a place in town where you can pick it up, you're actually bringing it right to people's doors. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. I think some of these farmers were actually doing this and some plan to continue doing this already. Um, But... You know, depending on what kind of farmer you are or um, your business operation, to either do it yourself with your own automobile, or to hire out and do it with your own with that person's automobile, isn't always cost effective. And you know, again, for some, you know, some people's farming model it doesn't make sense either. Um, so I think some farmers think this uh, is a really good uh, symbiosis. Yeah, I would think it'd be a good opportunity. I mean, I don't think any of the farms are right in Stevens Point, so they have to obviously drive into town. And if they're driving around all over town making, you know, house deliveries, um, it takes a lot of their time away that they can be raising and growing and taking care of their farm. So um, it it, it definitely is, is an opportunity that you then provide a service to them and to their CSA customers, so that's great. So, is there anyone else here, anybody else that we should know about that we can get delivery through you if we if we if we get stuff from people yeah. in in Stevens Point? Yep, uh, White Feather Organics. That's another farm I'm working with, and uh, we're gonna be kicking off uh, deliveries this spring with some of their CSA shares. And it sounds like we have summer and potentially fall. Uh, customers as well for CSA shares. And so awesome. they they do, yeah, a number of different products, mostly vegetables. I know they also do egg shares and uh, some other add-ons. Yeah, and they have great microgreens all through the winter. Yes, I know. I, know. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, I end up typically getting those at the, at the co-op here, the Stevens Point Area Co-op. 
Yeah, awesome. All right. Is there any, any are, are those your current partners that we that you can share, or are there anything any more partners that are there? There are there are more actually. Uh, oh. We have yeah, Cattail Organics, and oh, uh, okay. yeah, I met Cat uh, um, online actually. She had messaged me. I don't know if she was uh, making a joke or kind of a half humored comment on Facebook, but she ended up saying, "Hey, Trevor and uh, somebody else." I I can't remember, unfortunately. Uh, maybe uh, you could deliver for Cattail and Stevens Point. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll follow up with that. <laughs> so I followed up with Cat, and it, it's a really good fit because um, she does have a, a really uh, strong uh, farming background and also a little bit of a different business model, too, to add to the mix. Um, we also sometimes get Cattail's greens here at the Stevens Point Area Co-op. So, um, you know, we've been already enjoying her products for a number of years here. So yeah, uh, it made a lot of sense to, to deliver for her anyway. Yeah, that's great. I know they do a lot of uh, sales in Stevens Point. Their farm is, uh, is up in Athens, just west of Wausau. But um, they, I'm, I'm amazed at all the stuff I see her doing when I watch what she's doing online. It's like, holy cow, you're, you're, you're like a rockin' farmer. I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm a wannabe with my little herb farm here on, at our sure. property. I'm, I'm learning, but, I, I, and, and what you mentioned, White Feather too. Tony White Feather was super helpful for me four years oh. ago that I went out and visited and talked with him about what awesome. we, he, he was doing too. So, so I, I definitely appreciate the farm community. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's great. Um, and okay, are there more? There are. <laughs> Who else are you delivering for? <laughs> there are more. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, um, I had reached out to uh, Process General Store, uh, which you may be familiar. Uh, they're based out of Amherst, but they're actually opening a new location in downtown Stevens Point. Um, so when I heard about that, I was like, okay, you know, uh, I'd love they're doing um in effect they're providing household products um for regular people um but at the same time they're trying to cut their waste down to zero so the packaging basically goes out the window right um so bulk everything if you can there's a number of products that you know aren't bulk but they're uh, way more uh, sustainably uh, produced or manufactured um, and I know they sell some of those in their shop too. So I reached out to, um, Rubina and Sheena via email. I'm like, okay, so I heard you're coming to Stevens Point and I just wanted to say hello and introduce my business and, and see if we wanted to partner together. And they were, they were on board right away. <laughs> so it made a lot of sense. Yeah. I expect some interesting things from them when they come to Stevens Point. They have, they opened in Amherst in the fall, I believe it was. I think okay. it was just this past fall. It hasn't been yeah. that long. Maybe it was summer. Um, it's kind of a COVID project from what I understand. It's like, Hey, we're going to do this. <laughs> Middle Earth Books was, was oh. in the spot before sure. and they had closed. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, there's another store going in already. You know, it's like process. So, so I just heard that, yes, they are going, uh, Agra is moving. Um, for right. those of you that, that follow and shop at Agra and they are going to be taking over that huge Agra space and there will be more process stuff. And it sounds like I've heard maybe there's going to be some art 
things that are going to be happening oh. in there as well. So, Ooh, yeah, cool. I, I will see what happens. But there's a lot. Uh, Rubina has, apparently has a lot of energy to, to create a lot of things. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens with her. So that's good. Okay. Anybody else you're delivering? Yes, there are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two, uh, two, two more I'll mention. Um, they're... they're I, you could say they're unofficial because we haven't uh, signed the agreement yet, but uh, they both they both said yes, um, and it, you know the logistics are in the works. But uh, diversity downtown in Stevens Point, they sell a lot of um, tea products, bulk tea uh, oils, and some other products. Uh, just a really cool operation downtown on Clark Street, and um, also Kindred Spirit Books. And I've known uh, Laura for a very long time now. Um, actually, back in my band days, when I used to perform as a musician, uh, we sold some of our uh, recorded albums at Kindred Spirit Books. So kind of really cool to come back full circle in a certain way. Yeah, they have a, they have a great, great little store um, downtown, mm-hmm. too. And I know it's been there for a super long time. So yeah. um, so support them, especially in this time when everybody's supposed to be staying home a little bit more. You're not you're having a little less contact. Um, whereas, but even as 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 we come out and, and start doing more. Curbwise can make it simpler for you to shop your local favorite local places in, in Stevens Point. So right. connect with Curbwise, connect with these businesses <laughs> and, and, and help. So, um, so I also read, and, and if you can tell me a little bit about your triple bottom line business philosophy, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so if uh, folks aren't familiar with uh, kind of a triple bottom line economic concept, it's basically putting people, planet, and then profit in that order for your uh, bottom line. So basically, you're investing in the people first, your workers, uh, the relationships you build, your partners, your end customers. So the people come first, planet is second. Um, everything you do from materials you're using in preparation for a delivery to the obviously the machine I'm using burns no fuel um, and the calories I consume in a day is really the biggest uh, driver of that machine right um, plus there's no uh, pollution coming out of my operation um, looking at everything from uh, reusable materials that I put into it including the trailer I built, um, I had, I think, estimated about 50% of the parts for that was scrap or uh, materials I found around uh, my garage. So, <laughs> so it was uh, mostly reused or half reused. Um, so there's a lot of uh, essentially, in a nutshell, climate change mitigation built in to this business operation. And then uh, profit is last, right? So when those things are fulfilled, when when uh, people and the planet are comfortable, right, at the end of the day, then if revenue does come in, that's great. Um, I'm all about livable wages, and I really want to 
sustain this type of business for a long time. And as I continue to grow, which is happening right now, and I, I scale up, as they say, um, I will probably either employ folks, uh, pilots, or uh, contract out uh, with other bicycle delivery pilots. And uh, I want to pay them a living wage. You know, that's going to be exactly part of my bottom line, you know. So, yeah, profits are last, and that's that's really the key there. Yeah, um, and there's also a cyclical relationship that this all has to fit together so everything becomes or continues to be sustainable, right. um, which is focusing on the local neighborhood, the local city, the local community, your local farmers, your local makers, um, everyone needs to be supported in um, a cyclical relationship that gets continually fed and, and taken care of. And, and if we can show up for each other within our, our community and our region in that way, we actually can transform uh, our society and the way we live and that literally will if if we're conscious while we're doing that take care of the planet as well so um right yeah yeah it's it's very just like you're saying it's um uh, i think a lot of people um a lot of people do put it into you know their economic boxes to understand what type of economic model this is but they'll they'll call this like a circular economy right? right to where you're looking at the beginning of the product the seed getting uh, planted to the the plant getting harvested and then processed and you know the energy outputs it in uh inputs into that whole system and then you know getting it to the user to the, the end person and then the waste afterwards you know um where does that go how is how is it reused? How is it processed? And then the energy and uh, outputs and inputs in that whole process. And then as long as it, like you said, comes back around and each relationship is healthy and not degrading, um, you know, our home, our planet, then uh, it can become a sustainable system. Yeah. So within within this relationship, there's there's a certain thought process or psychology to this whole idea of supporting um, low carbon footprint delivery, um, and I, I I noticed somewhere I was doing a little research and you you talked about the psychology of bike delivery. So um, <laughs> do you want to share a little bit more? Sure. Um, yeah, there's uh, a number of components to it. Um, one being that, you know, first and foremost, bicycling is fun. It just is. <laughs> for people that ride a bicycle for recreation, um, you know, that's totally awesome. And they do it out of pure excitement, pure enjoyment. You know, even if it's not fast, even if it's not on a fat tire bike going down a hill on a single track, um, you know, all of that is super awesome and fun but at the same time using a bicycle just for getting groceries or just for picking up your kids at the child care or just for running back and forth to work or meeting up for a, uh, a date or 
going to a social event like a concert, you know, post-COVID, you know, all those things can be really more enjoyable on a bicycle. Um, It's really cool um, to kind of realize that as you do it, right? Um, I know we've gotten into uh, kind of a mindset, uh, almost an automated way of living, a lifestyle that will hop in a vehicle, a motor vehicle, just to drive a half a mile away to pick up groceries or our mail at the post office if it's a package or pick up kids or whatever. Um, and a lot of that has to do with how we built our cities, how we, how our infrastructure was designed, as well as, uh, you know, we could talk hours on this, but, you know, subsidies in the oil industry and, and other ways that automobiles are subsidized. Um, so the mindset is a little bit, uh, it does, you have to think a little bit more about yourself, your family, and prepare more um, to make that switch. You know, even if it's just half half of the trips you're making is on bicycle. Right. So there's there's a bit of happiness that comes out of understanding that, like the impact you're making for your family, for your community. Yeah, and um, Stephen's yeah. point is is a fairly a pretty bike-friendly community for, you know, winter, and which I know you're out all the time because you're, sure. you're delivering. But, it, you know, it's flat. Um, there are trails. There's There are, you know, ways that you can get around fairly easy with the bike. And, and uh, do you feel that the, um, the drivers are welcoming to the bicyclers? I think it's a mix, really. I think there's uh, a number of folks that are kind of uh, clenched on to... Uh, being fearful of change, right? Uh, and I get that. I understand that. Um, I do have obviously a biased opinion because I'm right. I've been riding my bicycle year-round in Stevens Point for over 21 years, and so for me, it's it's not that difficult, um, and it's also not that difficult. Uh, besides uh, doing and riding a bicycle, it's not that difficult to understand how beneficial it is for our community. However, um, you know, that change, it's not easy to grasp when you're in routine, right? You know, you grab your cup of coffee, you want to listen to the radio in the car, um, you have the car seats for the kids, you have a certain amount of carrying capacity for groceries. You understand that model, you know, in your car, how that works with your routine. Um, So to change that is not that easy, and I totally understand um, but yeah, you're right. Stevens Point is flat. You can access just about anything within a mile or two, um, especially if you live towards the center of the city. And you don't have to be too concerned about carrying your groceries because curbwise, if you sign <laughs> up with you, you could do that. And there then you go. you go out and have like fun recreating on your bike, you know, and and, right. and enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the opportunity to to so you I, I know for myself when I'm on my bike compared to when I'm on my car, I see so much more in the neighborhoods. I know what people are doing, I see, you know, things happening that just whiz by, and even when you're driving in town. So, sure. so I, yeah, I can appreciate that. So, yeah. um, I just want to ask you. I know we're we're running uh, on our time a little bit here, but sure. I want I want to ask you um, about this surge program 
Um, if you want to briefly tell me what you're doing with Create Portage County, and um, I believe you said you you are on to the second round with your with your business. So can you tell me what the search program is with Portage County that you are doing? Sure, sure. I'll I'll, I'll try my best. Uh, so I'm actually a participant in Surge. Um, so Create Portage County developed this new business accelerator program called Surge, and uh, it was launched this winter. Uh, I can't remember if it was December or January, but regardless, um, it essentially allows any individual within a certain number of counties, I think there were somewhere between 8 and 11 different counties in the central Wisconsin area, you know, covering a pretty big expanse. So people submitted ideas for business concepts or, you know, product concepts or um, service concepts. And uh, Curvewise was one of those. Um, so I was one of 30 different concepts that were submitted. And um, I think it, it is a bit... Uh, Little, it's a little more unique for me uh, compared to many of the others because I am further along in certain ways. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been running this operation si since September, and I have, like we've talked about before, a number of partnerships, and I've done a lot of deliveries already. So I've already figured out, right, that this model fits for me and fits for the community. Um, However, some of these concepts that were submitted were brand new, right? Ideas that people had that, wow, wouldn't this be really cool to have, you know, a, a, a roller skating adventure um, rink um, in our local community? Wouldn't it be cool to make these um, new types of teas um, based on a, a Hmong tradition of moob flavors? Um, all kinds of cool ideas came about yeah. and so there we went through the first round which is um essentially gar garnering how many votes you can get um and interactions you can get when you're facing the public right so it's kind of like a taste test to see um how many different ideas would advance so it sounds like uh 27 of the 30 ideas advanced and i think that's mainly because, and I actually talked to Create, um, Greg and Chris, about this this week, and uh, they wanted to do something different with this Business Accelerator program. They really wanted to give the opportunity to as many ideas as possible, as many people as possible. Um, sometimes when you see, like, even a previous uh, competition or contest, you could call it, like this uh, around the state, around the country, Businesses will compete against each other, and then there'll be one finalist, right? The finalist mm -hmm. will win the prize. But this is a different model, and it's actually a lot more collaborative. Um, it builds community more, and I think it has a lot of potential. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching what that program evolve. I, I understand round two is podcast, which is what we're doing right here. But <laughs> hey, really coincidence. So maybe I can have a podcast about what they're doing with them in the future. Um, yeah. So can you tell me, um, is there anything else you would like to share about Curbwise today? Sure. Um, yeah, I come back to, I am very fortunate 
um, because of how supportive my family has been, um, friends and, and relatives, as well as this community. Um, like we were talking a bit before about Stephen's point, and you can really access so many things within a mile or two. Um, it's not just that, you know, accessibility that allows me to do this. It's that community support, you know. So when people hear about my business for the first time or they, they come across this concept and say, wow, you know, I didn't know this was a thing. And then all of a sudden they look me up and I'm like, holy cow, this is legitimate. <laughs> this is really happening, you know, and it, it, it kind of gets exciting at that point, right? Um so for people to connect with me organically in that way, it's super, super um, empowering and exciting uh, because I get to provide them, you know, pretty much a basic service. Uh, at the same time, um, I'm providing a solution uh, for the community. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I'm, I'm glad that I found out about you and what, <laughs> and what you're offering. And um, so for other people, where can they find out more about Curbwise, can you share what's your website? You know how sure. they connect with Curbwise. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely check out my website at gocurbwise.com, and uh, of course you can find me on social media: Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm considering TikTok. I haven't jumped on there yet, but uh, I mean, I love. See, here's the thing: I love to dance, so. I might end oh. up just splicing and throwing in some uh, videos of me dancing on, you know, next to the tricycle and in the middle of deliveries. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it's... I sound, it's, that sounds like an opportunity <laughs> specific to you that actually could yeah. be quite, quite popular. So, Entertaining, um, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. Thank you very much for joining us today, Trevor. Thank you, Mark. It, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Common Roots Rising. You can learn more about how we are cultivating community at commonrootsrising.org.